first cup of Kiddush, actually, um, it's important to take not three ounces, but actually three and a half ounces at least because of Kiddush being more Hummer than the others. But let's continue now with the Haggadah itself and we'll see how far we get for tonight. Holach Ma'anya. Holach Ma'anya is the beginning of Magid and it's basically somewhat of an introduction to the whole Haggadah. At the end of Magid, when we talk about Pesach, Matzah, and Moror, one of the things which is mentioned is matzah, as we said, and the Haggadah says the reason why we eat the matzah is because when the Jewish people were leaving Mitzrayim, there was not enough time. They left in such a haste and such a, a um, so quickly they didn't have time to make the bread, and therefore it turned into matzah. So it's a remembrance of sorts of going out of Mitzrayim. However, the, the um, author, the Bahagoda, wants to, wants to clarify and to say in the beginning that when we're talking about the matzah, we're not only talking about that kind of matzah, we're also talking about matzah, which is the matzah of slavery. This is the matzah. This is the poor man's bread that our forefathers ate in Mitzrayim. Because in addition to the fact that they ate it when they went out with the mitzvah of Pesach, which signifies or reminds us of the exodus, it's also something which reminds us of the slavery. In fact, the Abu Draham brings down that there was somebody by the name of Rabbi Yehoisim Ha'azubi, that he was a captive somewhere, and they actually, he experienced this, that they fed him matzah when he was a captive. And the reason why they fed him matzah was because the matzah took a long time, as we know, it takes a long time to, for the body to digest, and it keeps them um, full for longer. So it saves them money. They don't have to feed them as much. So that's what we're yeah. doing with Halach Ma'anya. We're, 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 we are just setting down that what we're going to talk about is not only the matzah of freedom, but it's also a matzah of slavery. <clears throat> now, there's an interesting, after we say that, this is the poor man's bread which our forefathers ate in the land of Mitzrayim. And then we make a proclamation. Kol dechvin Anyone who wants can come and eat. Anyone who wants can come to the Karim Pesach with us. Now, why is that important to say right now? Why is that something? And moreover, as some ask, the doors are closed. Do you go out and open the door to scream out that anyone who's hungry can come and eat? And the questions go all different directions. But in the very simple understanding of what and why we're saying this over here, the reason why we're saying this here is because what we are discussing by the Seder night, and the reason why it's so vital and so important that it's something that arguably is the, the most um, um, universally practiced ritual from Judaism, is because this, on Pesach night, is the birth of us being a Klal Yisrael, being a Jewish nation. And when we're talking about that, since it's, since it's the case, that this is the time of the birth of the Jewish people, that every single Jew is invited. We're not looking and saying anyone who wants to come, as long as he can keep up a conversation, as long as he's an interesting guest. No, every single Jew is invited to down. my Seder because my Seder is something that includes and is commemorating and, and reliving that rebirth of the Jewish people. So everyone is invited because it wasn't just individuals that were, that were freed. It was individuals coming together with a birth now of the Jewish people. And that's why the, the, we're saying this right in the beginning 
again, to say this is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the birth of the Jewish people. And if someone doesn't feel part of, and says, you know what, I don't want to feel part of this group, essentially what they're saying is that I'm not part of Klal Yisrael, and they would not have been redeemed then in the time of Mitzrayim, as we say at the end of the Haggadah, or further on by the Russia, that he took himself out of the group, and therefore, if he was there, he wouldn't have been redeemed. So again, the first part is, we're saying that matzah is also um, uh, bondage or slavery kind of matzah, number one, in addition to the one later on, of the when they went out of Mitzrayim. Number two, anyone is invited to come join because we're talking about Klal Yisrael. That's what the whole night of Pesach is about. Every Jew is part of that Klal Yisrael, and without them, we couldn't have uh, a, a, a birth. And the next thing is, the final part of this paragraph is, we're talking about going into Eretz Yisrael. Now we're servants and we're going, next year we're going to be free men in the Holy Land in, Mitzra, in, in Yerushalayim. Why is that important over here? Why is that something? Because the truth of the matter is, in the beginning of the Seder, we start off like with L'Shon HaBob Necharin, L'Shon HaBob Aradi Yisrael, What's the last thing we say all the way at the end before Nirzah? L'shona haba, the beginning of Nirzah. L'shona haba Yerushalayim. So we're really the end caps are talking about going to Yerushalayim because <clears throat> we're discussing, the whole night is discussing going out of Mitzrayim, going out of Egypt, and discussing the ultimate Geula. But the fact that we're free men started then by going out of Mitzrayim, as we'll discuss. So that's why we're starting off that way and saying, next year in Yerushalayim, because that will that is, we're, we're yearning for the ultimate redemption, which is what? building on the first redemption of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim of going out of Egypt. So that is the preface of sorts before um, the actual part of Magid, the story about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Then we move on to Manishtana. And the Manishtana is the fun part. Kids around, this kid, everyone trying to say it, say it well, say it not well. There's different opinions, actually. If someone is making a Seder and their child says Manishtana, do they themselves also have to say Manishtana? There's different customs. My own family custom is my father did not say Manishtana, but I know that I, I believe as Ramosha Feinstein says, that the, even the adults who are not saying, who are not the children asking Manishtana, they should still say it because it's part of the, um, it's part of the Seder. It's part of the words of the Haggadah. Now, the whole night, as we know, is all about questions and answers. Why is it all about questions and answers? Why is that so important? So the truth of the matter is that um, one second, just to make it easier. Yes. The truth of the matter is that the reason why it's um, all about questions and answers is because when a person asks a question, especially when it's a question that was uninitiated with something that they thought of on their own, they're more open to learning and they're basically opening up their mind to learn something new and to uh, learn a new idea. Once you give an answer, you're somewhat closing the box. It's knowledge, it's great, but it's not opening up to learn new things. When a person is asking questions, especially if you have a curious child, but a curious adult also, you want to know more and more and more and more by asking questions is what you do that. Now, moreover, 
what we're discussing on the Pesach night and what we're talking about and asking questions about is all about understanding the greatness of Hashem who took us out of Mitzrayim. And all the different miracles that we're going to discuss and the different things that He did for us, the Jewish people, is something that the whole night, that's the theme of the night. Now if you look at the end of the Haggadah, or the end of Magid rather, the end of Magid, right before we start going to Moitzi Matzah and Shulchan Aruch, so we make a bracha. And in that bracha we say, second, in that bracha we say, I'm sorry, right before the bracha, excuse me, before Bechol Dar Vadar. Bechol Dar Vadar, in every, in every generation, everyone has to visualize that he himself went out of Mitzrayim, etc. And then it said, because of that, Lefichach, therefore, Anachnu Chayovim Lohoidas, we are obligated to thank and to praise and to sing the praises, the glory of Lahadar, Levorech, Laale, or Lakales, to basically all synonyms or different ways of saying to sing the praises of Hashem. Who are we singing the praises for? Says the Balagoda, To the one who did all these miracles. Now, who did all the miracles? We know who did all the miracles. It was Hashem. We just spent the last, last couple of hours discussing that it was Hashem. Why at the end are we saying to whoever it was? And the answer is because, <coughs> excuse me, in following the theme, of questions and answers, that questions allow us to gain understanding and perspective, we don't want to, even at the end of the night, close the box and say this was, that we know now and we grasp completely who Hashem is. No, we're seeing and understanding His greatness, but even at the end of the night, we're still limited. <clears throat> okay, now... The Manishtana itself is basically, there's four questions, but you can really break it up into two different, two different parts of the questions, and that's really the paradox that, we're, that is being asked. And the, 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 first, the four questions are, again, the first one is why we eat matzah tonight, why we eat maror, why we dip twice, and why we sit leaning. So really the question is, we're acting in a paradoxical way. On the one hand, we're eating poor man's bread, like we just said earlier. On the same hand, we're eating moror, bitter herbs, which is something that's not enjoyable. And then on the other hand, we have dipping, which is a sign of royalty, and we're leaning, which is a sign of royalty. So why are we acting at one time in two different manners? On Tisha we sit on the floor. <clears throat> that's understandable. We're mourning over the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. On, uh, on Purim, we're happy. We're, it's understandable why we're happy. So why on Pesach night are we on the one hand sitting there like slaves and on the other hand um, acting like kings? And the answer of Avodim Hayinu in the beginning just answers in a very succinct way that question and that gets more into detail. The answer is we were slaves and that's why we're commemorating that by acting like slaves and eating the matzah, the bread of poor man's bread and slave bread. And we're eating the bitter herbs to commemorate that. And Hashem took us out and therefore we're acting like royalty as well because Hashem took us out. Now, 
In this first paragraph, there's a key word, which is the most crucial word just to understand the rest of the Haggadah. And that is the second word, Avadim Hayinu. We were slaves. That is critical. It's not Avadim Hayu Avaisenu. They, our forefathers, were slaves. No. Avadim Hayinu. We were slaves. We were slaves, and that's going to be the reason that's kicking all of the obligations of the night, because we were slaves. Avadim Hayinu, we were slaves, the power of Mitzrayim, to Parah in Mitzrayim. Why are we saying to Parah in Mitzrayim? So the Gemara says, because Parah was a tough king and Mitzrayim was a rough country. Both of them were tough and both of them were challenging. The Gemara actually says, the Medr says, that no, no slave ever escaped Egypt. No slave ever escaped Egypt. There was a, I think there was a uh, idols over there at the entrance or something that used to keep people up and tell them if a slave was escaping. And then the, the, the Avodah Mayinu continues. After we say that we were the ones that were slaves, this is the next most important part. Because these are the two characters, the protagonists in the story. The first one is Hayinu, that it was us. And the second one is Vayetzi'enu Hashem Eloikeinu Misham. Hashem took us out. What we are trying to learn and inculcate within us this understanding is that it was Hashem, not simply that we were free, not simply that we started out as slaves and we got out of that. No, it's not the void of slavery. It's the fact that Hashem said, I want you. Vayetzi'enu Hashem Eloikeinu Misham. Hashem took us out. He showed an interest in us. And then it continues. The Excuse me, as I was saying in Mitzrayim, if Hashem didn't take our forefathers out of Mitzrayim, we would still be bound to Paroi in Mitzrayim. So everyone asks, what do you mean? Maybe Abraham Lincoln's going to come and free the slaves. What does that mean we're still going to be there? And the answer is because by Hashem taking us out, he wasn't merely making and taking away the slavery. If Lincoln would have saved us, taken away our slavery, that would have been great. We wouldn't have been slaves, but we would have been slaves that were freed. Hashem took us out and he made us, now we're royalty. Now we're our inherently free men. As opposed to if we just happened to be freed, we will be slaves who are freed. And that's why it says we would still be Meshubit to Parai. Not that we would actually be his slaves, not that we would still be in Egypt, but that would be in our history. That would be on our records that that's who we inherently are. And Hashem took us out, and because Hashem took us out, we are now free men inherently and royalty inherently. Now, immediately after that, the Vahagoda goes into Vafilu Kulanu Chachamim, even if we're all wise men, even if we're Elders, and we all know the whole Torah, it's still a mitzvah to discuss the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Why is that so? Because of what we said in the first part. Avadim knew We were slaves. If, ever, if anyone here has ever gone through a trauma, God forbid, of a, of a severe car accident, for example, or something like that, 
you never get tired of saying that story because that's something which is who you are. It identifies, you identify with that story. It's so meaningful to you. So since we actually went through it, it's not knowledge of what happened that's important. It's understanding that that's the reality of who I am. I am a Jew who Hashem cares about. I'm part of Kalal Yisrael that Hashem himself went and took us out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, says the Haggadah, even if you're a Chacham, even if you're wise, even if you know everything about the Torah, it's still important, still a mitzvah to talk about Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. And the more you talk about it, the more praiseworthy it is. Not because talking about it itself is necessarily the mitzvah, but because it shows that you have a connection to it and an understanding that this is your reality of who you are. That's why it is praiseworthy. And the, the Haggadah continues by proving the point, by saying we had the great sages of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lazar, Azari, Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Tarfin. They were all sitting in Ebrach, and they got so involved and so excited about talking about the story because it was their own personal story. It wasn't some historical lecture that they were discussing, you know, a, a, a group, you know, a study group discussing the historical you know, uh, Exodus. No, it was their story to the extent that they didn't even realize that it got light outside. So that's an illustration of that point of feeling that connection to such a degree that it's literally my story and it's my, you know, history of Hashem taking me out of Egypt. As an aside, I will tell you that they, they do ask a question of why were they in Bnei Brak? Bnei Brak was the city of Rabbi Akiva. He wasn't the Rebbe. Rabbi Eliezer was the Rebbe. Rabbi Yeshua was his contemporary. Maybe he was even older. Why were they in Bnei Brak? So they explain, because the Gemara at the end of, uh, the end of Makkas have, relates a couple stories about, excuse me, Rabbi Akiva and the other sages. And basically, without getting into too, too sidetracked, but basically the basic idea is that it was, they saw the optimism, which Rabbi Akiva, this is at the time at the, after the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, it was a very rough time for the Jewish nation, and Rabbi Akiva was the ultimate optimist, so therefore they went to him for encouragement during that time. That's why specifically then it was in Menebrat, because we, we all want to be around optimists and have it rub off on us, so to speak, to give us a positive perspective. The, then the Haggadah continues. Again, carrying on to this theme of the birth of the Jewish people as us being the protagonists and Hashem loving us to such an extent that He comes all the way in to pull us out from Mitzrayim. The, Mishnah, the, the Haggadah then continues with a, a Mishnah which discusses the obligation of discussing every, or saying, repeating every day <clears throat> the exodus of Egypt that Hashem took us out. And there's a dispute whether it's every day and night, if it's every day, even at the times of Mashiach. But the reason why the Haggadah is making, mentioning this is for us to understand that if there's an obligation every single day, and according to Allah of Nazariah, every single day and night, and according to the Chachamim, to the sages, it's every day, and even when Mashiach is going to come, that shows you the importance of it, of how this is critical to who we are, and all the more so that on the night of Pesach, we should be discussing this as much as we can. 
The Haggadah then continues to Baruch HaMokim Baruch Hu, which is thanking Hashem for the Torah. What does that have to do with anything? We're talking about getting out of Egypt, splitting up the sea, and all that. Why is the Torah, which is this is somewhat of a Berchas Torah, of thanking Hashem for the Torah, what does that have to do with anything? The reason why this is here, even before we get to talk about the details of the Exodus itself, and all the miracles of the plagues and the splitting of the sea, etc., is because, as we said before, Hashem was not just freeing us from the bondage, from the slavery, taking it off of our backs. He was making us inherently free men. And a little bit more than that, there was a purpose in that. The purpose was to give us the Torah. If we don't have the Torah, then there's no reason for the Exodus. It's not, not just that Hashem said, it's not fair, you can't have a nation have, you know, be enslaved. No. I want this nation to be my nation, and I'm going to give them my, my most treasured item, the Torah. That was the purpose of the Exodus, for us to be able to get, so to speak, we're free men, to be able to be, you know, Hashem servants, to be able to serve Hashem. That, that was the purpose of the freedom. We are became inherently royalty and free men, <clears throat> but the purpose of it was all along for the Torah itself. So that's why we're thanking Hashem for the Torah at this juncture. Then we continue by saying that the Torah speaks to Keneged Arba'abonim for four children, the wise son, the evil son, the Russia, the wicked son, the Tom, the simpleton, and the Enedelishol, he who doesn't know how to ask. Why are we mentioning this now? Because it's all about Kalal Yisrael. Kalal Yisrael as a unit includes all different colors and stripes and polka dots. Everyone is different. Our faces are different and our ideas are different. And our makeup is different. And all our different things are different. And it's not that the Torah is heart set in stone in a certain way. And I have to figure out a way that I'm going to be able to deal with it. No. He was talking to each one of us, to every single Jew, because, again, as we started off with, and this is the theme, Kalal Yisrael as a unit is being taken out and being born with the Exodus and given for the purpose of being given the Torah. That means that the Torah is speaking directly to every single Jew, no matter what, where he is. Is he a Chacham? Is he a Rosh? Is he a Tav? Or is he any day initial? The Torah is talking to him, and the Torah is talking for him. And again, this all goes into we're all coming out as a nation, and that entity of the nation, of the Klal Yisrael, the purpose of coming out is for the Torah. So the Torah and the nation and the Exodus are all for the unit and all talk to each one of the Jewish people. Now let's just talk a little bit about these four sons. The Chacham, the wise son. What makes him wise? How could you see in his question the wisdom? Anyone who's an educator knows, or anyone who has children that ask questions sometimes, <clears throat> when you see the details in the question, you see the wisdom. The more a person understands, the more they can ask a detailed question. That's a sign of wisdom. So the Chacham asks, what are the laws and the laws that we can't understand and the Mishpatim, all different kinds of laws. He's showing an interest and he's showing an understanding and a wisdom. He wants to know more. The response to him is 
You're not allowed to eat after the Pesach. <coughs> Excuse me. After you eat the Karman Pesach, you're not allowed to eat. <coughs> what does that have to do with anything? Now, the halacha actually is today that you're not supposed to eat after the Afi Kaiman. You could drink water maybe, but you're not supposed to eat after the Afi Kaiman, which is matzah that we're remembering with that, the Karman Pesach, the meat. The reason why we're not allowed to eat after the matzah, Afi Kaiman, is because after you, they would eat the Karim Pesach, actually, there was that same prohibition to eat more meat. So, <clears throat> what's the reason behind that? Why can't they do that? And the reason is because what we're trying to accomplish on the Pesach and Seder night is understanding of our connection with Hashem as a Kalal Yisrael, as a unit called the Jewish people. And therefore, we want the taste of the Yom Tif to last as long as possible. The Karim Pesach, imagine, imagine you went to a steakhouse, and you had your meal, you had your, your dessert was a steak, you know, a big, nice piece of juicy steak, and then they tell you, you can't drink, you can't eat anything afterwards. The taste stays in your mouth for a very long time. That's what Pesach is all about. And we're explaining to the Chacham that our point and the reason for all the mitzvahs of the Seder night are for us to keep that flavor and that taste and that understanding of Hashem's love for us. We move on to the Russia. The Russia says, what is this service for you? He sees the exodus from Mitzrayim, the going out of Egypt. That's not necessarily something as showing a sign of a special connection with Hashem. And by saying, he's basically saying this is worthless. What he's essentially saying is, I am not part of you, Kalal Yisrael. I'm not part of you, the nation. So therefore, when we say, it was for me, not for him. If he was there, he wouldn't have been redeemed. It's not a punishment. It's just a reality. As we said in the beginning, anyone can come to my Seder because this is a Kalal Yisrael. This is a Jewish nation as a whole, as a unit, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from. But if I say I don't want to be part of that, so then I'm not redeemed because it's only for Kalal Yisrael as a unit. So the Russia who took himself out of the group was essentially saying, I don't want to leave Egypt. I want to be on my own. I want to be an individual. Okay. This going out of Mitzrayim is for the unit called Klal Yisrael. So the Russia is out. <clears throat> After that, we go on to the Tan. The Tan is the simpleton, the simple son. He understands that there's a value and an importance to the Pesach Seder and to the Exodus of Egypt, but he doesn't really appreciate the details. And you know what? Maybe he can't even grasp all those details. So we tell him one thing. It was with a mighty hand that Hashem took us out just to give him the understanding, to his limited understanding, that it was, it was a major, major thing that happened. In other words, we can't get involved in the nitty-gritty details. But we could tell him, understand that it was a major, such major thing that happened that Hashem took us out it was with great miracles and everything like that for him to understand that Hashem loves us to that degree. And then we get to the Eni Yedea the one who doesn't know how to ask. 
What do you mean he doesn't know how to eat? If you look in some Haggadahs, you'll see a little child sitting there with his teddy bear. But that's not really an accurate description of what the uh, the Enya de Elisha, the one who doesn't know how to ask. The one who doesn't know how to ask is not not asking because he doesn't understand. He knows everything. He knows as much as the Russia. He knows as much as the Chacham. He knows it all. So why isn't he asking any questions? You know why he's not asking any questions? Because he sees the exodus of Egypt as a historical fact. Something that, yes, we're doing mitzvahs. He understands why we're doing the mitzvahs. You know why? We're commemorating something that happened in, the, in, the, in our history. It's our national history that we were taken out of Egypt from slaves. Does that make an impact to who I am? No. We're commemorating it. Just like, you know, you go to the supermarket at certain times of the year, you see different things that relate to a season or a holiday or whatever it may be. For the same reason we're doing the, we're having our Paschal lamb, we're having our matzah. It has something to do with who I am as a Klal Yisrael. So what is our response to him? Our response to him is, Bavur Zed, because of this, also Hashem Mitzrayim. Hashem did this to me. We're telling him, no, if it was only our grandparents that it happened to, you're right. It would have it would be somewhat of a historical fact. And people commemorate the Holocaust, people commemorate different things that happened. Yeah, it's a historical fact, it's commemorating. No. Bavur Hashem The focus and the key word over here is that Hashem did it for me. This is my past. This is not just something that happened in the past. It's me that Hashem took out, and that's why I'm making this whole celebration. And we continue talking about that by saying, I would have thought that I should start talking about the exodus of Egypt from Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Why would I have thought that I should start from Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Because that's when things were starting going into place. It was a commandment from Hashem to get the carbon Pesach at a certain time. It was a commandment from Hashem about all the different things that are going to happen. That started by Rosh Chodesh. No. We're telling him, no, it's specifically the matzah and marah. These mitzvahs have a direct connection to the mitzvah of Sifu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because this is all about me. This is all about my mitzvahs and my connection. Not just something that happened. If it was a historical fact, you could start two weeks earlier on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. No, this is Hashem's relationship to me. It's only during the Seder with all these things in front of me that I could do these mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because again, the story is not a story of something that happened to my grandparents. It's a story of something that happened to me. Okay, we're getting closer and closer to talking about Mitzrayim. But then we start and we go back in the beginning, our forefathers served idols. And we talk about Terach, the, the father of Avraham, who served idols. But in fact, the truth of the matter is, the Rambam says that Avraham Avinu himself served idols. Originally, Avraham served idols. So how was it? How, did, how from that did we become a nation deserving to be freed and to be given the Torah. So look at these words, and anyone who appreciates grammar, look at these words. We're quoting a pasuk that Yeshua tells the nation. So said Hashem, the God of Yisrael. And Avraham now on the other side of the river, 
your, your fathers lived forever. Terach, the father of Avram, and the father of Nachon. And they served foreign gods. Now listen here. This is something that's the, the um, and I, Hashem, took your father, Avram, and I brought him around all, and I brought him around all of the land of Canaan, and I made his nation great, and I gave him Yitzchak, and I gave to Yitzchak Yaakov and Esau, and I gave to Esau. It's all about I, 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 I. Who's the I over here? Hashem. The same Hashem who said, I'm taking a personal interest. Hashem went and took us out of Egypt. Hashem is saying over here, I went in. Avraham was living amongst all the idol worshippers. I intervened. I took Avraham out. I made him great. And I chose him. And that is why the, the Haggadah is explaining that even though our forefathers served idols, and even though Avraham Avinu himself served idols, Hashem decided, I want you to be my people. And because of that, we are now close to Hashem, and now we're getting ready for going out of Egypt. Baruch Shoimer Haftachasa Yisrael Baruch Blessed is Hashem, and we thank Hashem for His special hashkacha, supervision over us, a personal supervision. Because we saw already from the fact that Hashem went in and intervened and took Avram out. Now that's continuing with his promise to Avram that his children are going to be enslaved and then they're going to be freed. Who freed them? Hashem himself went in. Hashem didn't send an angel. At the final stage of the, of the death of the firstborn, Hashem did it himself. That is what we're thanking Hashem for. Hashem figured out the timing. We, had, we knew we were going to be freed at some point. We knew that it was only 400 years that we were supposed to be enslaved, but we didn't know when the 400 years started. Hashem was said, I'll take care of that. All you take care of is hoping and pining for being redeemed. <clears throat> and then we get to and this, it was this haftacha, not just this guarantee from Hashem, but it was this supervision, an extra close connection that started with Hashem saying, I'm going to take Avram out from amongst the idol worshippers. I'm going to take my children, the Jewish people, out of Mitzrayim and make them into a nation. That is what allowed us to survive for all the millennia. And in fact, I think it's the Yaivitz who says that bigger miracle than the splitting of the sea and the giving of the Torah at Sinai is the fact that we exist. For all of these years after the Crusades and the Holocaust and all the different inquisitions and things that were trying to kill us, this miracle is even greater. But it's all one big miracle and coming from one mechanism, that Hashem loves us, Hashem chose Avram, Hashem chose us and took us out of Egypt, and it's that that allows us to survive, because it was in every single generation that the, that the nations of the world said, we don't want you to have that connection to God. The Greeks, by Hanukkah, they didn't mind religion. They minded that we have a special connection. The Rosh Chodesh, the Milah, the Shabbos, all those things would show that we are special and Hashem's special children. The Greeks said we can't have any of that. But every single time they came against us, Hashem saved us from them trying to go against our special relationship. And then 
we move on to Tseu Laman, go out and learn. Because there are two kinds of enemies. There's an enemy called Paro who says, I'm going to go and beat the Jews by, by war. And then there's enemy of Lavan who says, I want to uproot them and make it not happen at all with that connection. We're going to have to hold it here because we have less than a minute left. Bez Hashem, tomorrow we'll be able to finish the Haggadah. Have a wonderful night.